Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash Internet for details. Welcome, listener. Before we get into the episode, we're going to quickly run through the itinerary. So we were joined by Flex from the United Stand and Gaz. In our second episode of our brand new series, TBG PL20, we discuss all things Manchester United. We started off with, you know, the, the final days of Mourinho's tenure in charge. And we finished off with the current Man United that we see under Oli. We discussed Paul Pogba. Martial, Rashford, the low points, the high points. We hope you enjoy it. Stay tuned. Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of the Beautiful Game podcast. Um, this is the second episode of our brand new series, um, PL20. And we're starting off um, the second episode with a detailed analysis of Man United. Um, I'm joined with Dej. Dej, how you doing, bro? I'm good, though, man. That first episode, you know, it went down well. The viewers were loving it, loving the insight. And we thought there wasn't, you know, two, two better people to break down the fortunes of Manchester United. So, yeah, without further ado, though, I know you want to, you know, <laughs> bring in the guests. Uh, yeah. Guys, how you doing, bro? It's been a while. Welcome back. Thanks for having me. I was just going to say as well, I listened to the Liverpool episode on Monday. And I loved it, especially I was saying to Nino, um, to, to Nino I love the insight from Melissa on Liverpool. I didn't, as I'm honest, I didn't really know who she was, mm. which is a bit telling on me, I guess. But uh, having done some research and listened to what she said, uh, it's a really, really, really good episode. And uh, Bubbles as well, she did really, really well. So you guys, that was a great episode. Hopefully we can follow up with another one. Appreciate, yeah, appreciate, appreciate that, that guys. guys. And, and we we've are. got another guest, you know. <laughs> this man needs no introduction to our channel. You know, he's a kingpin of YouTube, you know, hosting on United Stand. This is someone that we look up to. You know, we've seen parts of his journey. We were fortunate enough to meet him at the um, Andy Cole event where he put on a clinic. We've seen him on Sky bamboozling the people there. <laughs> they were thinking, where's this guy coming from? That insight was mad. So without any further ado... Flex from United Stand TV. Welcome to the platform. Yes, Welcome big Flex, up, big man. up, man. Uh, you lot, uh, you lot, stop with all that, man. Stop with all that. <laughs> just, like I said, I keep telling you, lot, but serious. We're just regular fans, just doing our thing, man. Serious. I don't, I don't even do the whole, you know, I mean, pedestal. Take your flowers, man. Take your flowers. Take your flowers, man. Take your flowers. Trying to do all shine, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's crazy, you know, because you know, I, that's that. You see that side of it, like it's not really. Like I'm just, I'm just cool. I'm just, I'm just chilled in it. I'm not really, do you know what I'm saying? I don't really see it like that. But no, I, pre- I appreciate the words, man, and and I'm, I'm happy to be on. I'm happy to be on for sure, for sure. It's a pleasure, Flex, man. Thank you for for taking time out, man. We appreciate it. So, 
you know what, enough talking, let's get straight into this. Um, we're covering, you know, the spell of um, the end of Mourinho's tenure leading up to what we're seeing today with Man United. So just take us through Mourinho's last summer transfer window. What do you think happened? Because that's when it seemed to me like everything unraveled. So I'm going to start with Flex. He, um, it's quite simple, really. The club never backed him. The club thought your ideas are dead. We don't believe in where you are trying to take us. Um, his, his relationships with players were already fractured. Um, and he basically threw his toys out the pram from, from early with that. Um, sort of saying, uh, I need this, I need that. I haven't got it, but all right, cool. I'll just go with what I've got. Kind of, you know, so if you're, if, you're the, if you're a center half at the club already and you've got Jose in the press conferences saying, we must get another center half, rare tear tear. Um, we need this, we need that. Um, how are the other centre-backs going to feel for publicly doing that? So that was, that was one of a, a big no-no. So we started off on a bad with that. Um, and I think what we really saw was, a, was the proper breakdown of relationship between the board and him. Um, like, yeah, they, they gave Mourinho money. Do you know what I'm saying? You've got Mkhitaryan in there. You've got Sanchez in there, big money. Um, Pogba, Zlatan. Like, he, you know, they, they spent money on, for this guy. Um, Fred but the signings at the time weren't working um, and the, the sign the players that we currently had um, were you could argue were regressing um, we had a few good moments a few good spells of form but um, it just it showed where we was at as a club and where we're still fighting to get back from so yeah to answer the question it was the first time we saw the real cracks in the relationship between the board and, and the manager yeah, so guys, I'm going to move on to you. Um, obviously, we saw the treatment of Marcus Rashford. There was a game in particular in Europe when he missed the chance and Mourinho turned around to the bench. Yeah, made a and, scene know, of it. Yeah, made a scene. I mean, you're a coach. Like, what would you make of that personal coaching and how do you assess what he done there and how do you assess the way Mourinho deals with his, with his um, players? Um, not my way. I... <sighs> With football, football such an emotional game, and at times it's hard to control those emotions. Um, but he's in a position of, of leadership and power, and, and how you react at times can be very demonstrate um, can demonstrate how do you feel about your players as well. Mm-hmm. And that's not to doubt that he really rated Rashford because I think he actually really genuinely appreciated what Rashford brought to the team and what Rashford could have gone on to have been for Man United under his stewardship. Um, but for me personally, he's a showman as well. And he knows him doing that makes a scene. It causes headlines. It causes a story. For me personally, I wouldn't deal with it that way. Um, and I also think one relationship that's quite demonstrative of his time at United was the Martial one. Um, because uh, when Martial played, Martial did really well, generally under Mourinho, as in he would score goals. Um, I think the winner he scored against Tottenham was a, was an example of that. Where he uh, did he come off the bench flex? I think he did against Tottenham. Um, yeah, and he and he was he got put through in it, and um, yeah, he was like through one or one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the one. One nil win. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, against a really good Tottenham team as well. But at the end of the day, it didn't seem like he rated Martial enough to make him a, a core of that team, especially when we had a lot of big guns like Zlatan at the time who came in and took the nine shirt off him. Mm. Uh, Mkhitaryan was there. We had a lot of players that... Sanchez were... was the worst one. So that was the big Remember blow. When he got him in yeah. January, and Martial was yeah. playing wicked at that time, and he just bombed him up. I f- think he'd scored like five in... I can't remember yeah. the record. He had like player of the month, everything. He was playing well. He was playing well. And and Sanchez just came in and he just boiled him up. So, yeah, so he, he absolutely... Yeah. Go on. Sorry, guys and, and Flex. Do you guys think that you know the signing of Alexis Sanchez has pretty much ruined what Man United were doing at the time? No, but I think it was... Uh, look, we spent a lot of money in terms of wages on him alone. Um, and I think the Sanchez signing was just unnecessary, if I'm really honest with you. Especially, I, I get we needed, wanted to get rid of Mkhitaryan or he wasn't necessarily wanted, but um, Martial was doing really well for us at the time. It just didn't really make sense to me, the signing. So um, that's that's my take on it. So, yeah, yeah I, um, I agree. In the end, it's, it's ended up undoing stuff. It yeah. definitely has. 
Um, I look, I can't lie. Most Man United fans, we were all gassed. We all gassed. We all got sucked into the, to the, you know, the the appealingness of it. It was funny taking another of Arsenal's mm. star players. It was more of a social <laughs> the memes. media. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The memes. <laughs> I we got sucked in. Like, I, I'll admit it. Like, as football fans, we're very fickle like that. It's very hard. Um, and that's what I have learned over the last, especially the last three three years being involved in football as much as I am now, to look at things like contextually because like it's so easy to just get gassed. Like I got sucked into. I was like Sanchez, we go. Oh my god, man's playing the piano. We're gonna do this. We're gonna do that. Like it was crazy, and it just didn't work. And you know things can happen. What happened to Torres when he left? Like it can happen. Couldn't hit a barn door at Chelsea for ages. Uh, pretty much whole time he was there, really. But um, yeah. Like, it, it definitely stifled Martial's growth. It stifled his, his form and showed that, like, Jose just had no confidence in him. And then there was another time where Jose dug him out because he was like, you asked me to play Martial here? Look, he doesn't score. You asked me to play him here on the left? Look, I remember that press conference as well. I can't remember who it was against, but again, just digging him out. Yeah, Flex, you're very close to the Man United fans. You always interview them after games. So was there a specific moment where Mourinho lost the fans because you could see moments where you probably thought, hmm, loads. The dressing room. <laughs> loads. But where was the moment yeah. where you lost the fans? Uh, I, there was, there's, there's a couple. The, the two that stand out to me is Seville. The Seville game in the Champions mm-hmm. League. And <laughs> did we draw? I think we drew nil-nil. Yeah, the first leg. Was this the first leg? Stuff? Yeah, we, yeah, yeah, we drew, <laughs> we drew <laughs> right? And then it was a, it, he stunk the place out. Like, we had hardly any shots on target. Like, it was a, it was a war fest. And, and we got played off the park, really. Seville should have won. And then we went out to Seville. Then we lost anyway. Um, but I remember him saying, like, there's players in that team that would come here, look at Seville's record in the competition and all of that. And Man United fans thought, you know what? Even if what you're saying could be true, even if Steven and Zonzi can come and walk into our team right now because it's shit, yeah? Like, we're not paying you, or the, the club isn't, to tell us our history. Like, when we've been knocked out. Because he started doing this, like, Man United knocked out group stages this time. Only round of 16 this time. Like, telling us, reciting back as if to say, what do you expect? Like, you lot have been shit before I come, is basically what he's saying. Yeah, but Flex, like, wasn't that a plea to the fans saying that I need some more time to build the team in my image? And once I can do that, that's when we're going to take steps forward. You see what, yeah? It, it probably was. But like you was just saying there, it's the way Mourinho does things and the way he communicates. And once you lose the fans by, by speaking out in a certain way and doing certain things, this was just the first of many. Um, and also... As a manager, that's fine. You need time, you need patience. And I get that. And managers don't get that a lot of the time. But like I always say, yeah, the managing thing, especially a new manager, is like the Netflix series thing, yeah? If you watch the first couple of episodes of a, of a, of a, of a series and that, and it doesn't grip you, it doesn't make you think, hmm, let me see where this goes, you, you buy out. And I know that might seem a little bit like black and white because football, you need to give it time, even if you, you're not sure what you see. But if it goes on too long without you seeing methods play, players buy mm. into it signs like you see with Klopp people say of a Klopp and they didn't win nothing and all that but there were clear signs of what Klopp was doing early doors there was clear signs of what Pep Guardiola was doing early doors Pep Guardiola <coughs> played the same football but just had dead man he had Clichy left yeah. back he had Sagna right back he had flipping um, uh, Mangala and all these men there Di Michaelis had to retain like, he, just couldn't, he just couldn't play these men with that style but what did he do you could see what he's trying to buy into you and his board backed him and he got the right guys. Jose kind of started going, like he wanted to buy like Perisic, Ferti, Willian, all these players that like, it's not where the club wanted to go. So it's the club's fault. I'm not just blaming Jose because they've brought this guy in really out of panic. Do you know what I'm saying? At the same time, City just got Pep um, and it was like, Jose was waiting in the wings, big name. It was like, just go and get him. You just have to do it. Which is probably why the whole Pochettino thing now where Pochettino's just been waiting there. I think they've learned. I think they've learned mm. actually see where this, this thing's going. But yeah, it was a bit of a plea to him, but back to the original question, what you was asking, which is where did he start losing it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was Sevilla, and then there was one at West Ham as well, where he got battered 3-1. That was another one. I think also it's hard to lose United fans. Like, generally speaking, the United fan base are quite loyal, just because that's all we've kind of known is to have one manager. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we stick to that manager. Fergie was, he was the football club, and all we knew was to support a manager thick through thick and thin. Um, 
So the fact that, and I think even Moyes, to, to, to especially the, the the stadium going fan base, the fans that would go to matches every week, Moyes had that fan base up up until he got sacked, I believe. Like, it, don't get me wrong, there were boos and so on and so forth. But generally speaking, they still really wanted him to succeed. The fact that Mourinho lost the fan base was very telling on him as a character at United at the time, I believe. 100%. And there were so many bits of, like, footage or you can see the fractu- the fractious relationship between him and so many players. Do you, do you see what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I remember how he was dealing with Pogba towards the end, right at the end. Like, it was Liverpool 3-1 away. That was his last game. And um, he put McTominay in there. And at the time, McTominay hadn't even bust yet. It was like, who is this kid? What does he do sort of thing? Like, we can see what he does now. Fair play and he's done well. But at the time, you know what I mean? Obviously, still not levels to Pogba. But at the time, it was like, right, just dissing me, putting in the young kid. He's making a point. There was that. There was a spat that they had on, on camera at Tottenham. Yeah. Away. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? When, yeah. when, when they were you know, doing that. And he's going, what are you doing? The training ground where Pogba just looked at man. You know when a man just look at man? Just give him that yeah. stare. Yeah, yeah. So what are you talking about? Who, like, who are you talking to? You know that, that you can't hide them things. They were all, they all at the forefront. And the club just couldn't have it anymore. And I think he dropped Pogba for the Seville game, no? Second leg? Yep. Yep. Second leg. That's bonkers. That's, it, it... Mad. Mad. When, when you need a win? Yeah, guys, what I wanted to ask you is to look at Mourinho from a tactical standpoint. So, when he was appointed at Man United, what mm-hmm. tactical changes did you see in the Man United team? Um, we definitely, well, for a fact, we weren't as focused on possession uh, coming from the LVG um, era where it was a lot of positional-based possession game where about retaining possession and switching the ball from side to side up until we can find sort of pockets. But it was ultra, ultra, it was a very negative possession-based game from LVG. Um, and don't get me wrong, there were moments in big games where it really worked. So the Liverpool 2-1. performance. Matter one. performance. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, jokes aside, I know you're not a Liverpool fan, so you think I'm taking liberty, <laughs> but I'm proper not. Um, that was one of the best Man United performances I've seen under LVG in terms of how we control the game. Um, we had the City game as well, which I think we ended up winning 4-1. 4-1, Fellaini scored as well, yeah. Fellaini scored. And then we had the, we had a Tottenham game as well, I believe. LVG did really well in those games because there was a lot more space for him to play or for his teams to play. Mourinho came in and was a lot more assured defensively, for sure. Not as focused on possession. Um, but what we luckily had, I guess, in, the, in with Marino, he brought in quality players. Mkhitaryan came in, struggled at first, and then got better towards the middle half of the season. Ibrahimovic is Ibra, can't mm-hmm. question it. Pogba, star quality. Um, Eric Bailly came in and did well for his first season. From my yeah, memory. he did. Lukaku um, came in the second season and done well. Second season as well. Um, so we weren't as focused on the possession side of things. Um, I would say we were probably looking to get the ball forward quicker. Um, in, in many ways, whether it's passing through the lines, whether it's um, targeting Zlatan and then playing off him. Um, so I'd say that it was a big shift from from LVG, even though they both have similarities, having think Mourinho worked under him at Barcelona. There are similarities, but I think uh, Mourinho took what he saw from LVG and what he didn't like and sort of mirrored it in his career. And I don't think Mourinho, throughout his career, there has been changes, but you always see similarities in how his teams approach games. At the end of the day, the main focus is to make sure that we try not to concede goals and, and we con- don't concede space to opposition. Um, and I think we saw that at United, even though there were times where we still didn't look good enough. Um, so, yeah. I think, last question on Mourinho until, you know, we, we move on to the manager now, which is Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. But I just want to ask you guys to be as objective as possible. How do you rate Jose Mourinho's tenure at Man United? Um, I'd say if 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 you ask me to rate out of ten, I'd say I'd say a five or a six. Probably 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 more of a five because I don't I don't think he left us in great shape. He left a very fractious dressing room that was disjointed with players unhappy. Um, he his his way of buying players. Um, clearly didn't work um, the club already decided that they wanted to go in a new direction which is which is partly their fault 
Um, but obviously, he did get a couple of trophies, and you can't you can't blame him for that. Obviously, winning the Europa League, EFL Cups, nothing to shout about, but it's, it's a trophy. He tried to count the Community Shield and all sorts, but <laughs> it was two, it was two. Um, so yeah, I, I don't. I, and then, but the the volatility of how he left and the relationships he broke, I can't. I I don't like to give him me personally. I can't give him much more than a five because. Um, he left some quality there, of course, because we had quality when he, when he came, though. We had Martial, we had Rashford. We had these type of players that we're seeing shine now. We had the Luke Shaws um, and, and, and Eric Bayer, okay, he brought in. but um, And Lindelof, actually, as well. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't see that he, he, he did enough. He did enough. I, that, that's, that, that season where he finished second and he said that's one of his greatest ever achievements. And I know since he's left, and how far we've fallen after he left. A lot of United fans actually went back and went, oh, actually, you know what? He's got a point. Which I can kind of see, like, but look, the league, the league was horrendous. Do you know what I'm saying? And we a different, still, a different league. 100%. And we were 20 points off Man City, something stupid like that. So, so which um, players did Mourinho improve, would you say? Improve? It's such a big word. I don't... I don't I, I'll give him credit for bringing through uh, McTominay. Um, because at the time, uh, it, it, he, McTominay wasn't like a player that, like, you see how Mason Green has been lighting up the reserves, right? Mm. And it's like every Man United fan has known about this kid coming through and he's going to be a star sort of thing. And then he comes through, he scores double figures goals like he has this year and you can see the pattern. McTominay, I don't think, was that. And when he came in, a lot of Man United fans up and down the grounds, every, every, after every game when he was starting, we brought this kid through. It was like, what does this kid do? Like, what, why is it looked like Marino was just bringing him in just to bring a point against the other players who he didn't like? But fair play to McTominay, he's done brilliantly. Um, so I give him credit for that. Um, did he improve Rashford? Um, like G said, there, so. he, he, he played him a lot, but I think the mismanagement hurt Rashford. He was pulled from pillar to post. Same with Martial. Martial definitely didn't thrive under him. Martial went backwards, confidence yeah, was yeah. rocked. Martial actually looked like a player. <laughs> Like, just sucked of his powers as well. Like, just he just looks so low on confidence. And you know what's crazy? I would say even now we're still seeing fragments of of what Mourinho maybe I don't want to say did to him, but the Martial we had then isn't the same Martial now. And that's not to say he's still not a good yeah. player. Yeah. But I feel like his game has somewhat changed from what it was under LVG, where he would. And obviously, you mature as a footballer. Don't get me wrong, but I love the Martial that would take the ball take on a man and have a shot at goal or link play. And now he's become more of a... Obviously, he plays as a nine, so I know there's reasons behind that. But generally speaking now, he's somewhat like more of a link player, doesn't take as many risks as he used to. Mm. Um, and he seems to be, still be lacking that same zest and confidence he had when he first came to the club. Absolutely. We still haven't seen, we still haven't seen him like be in blistering form like he was that first season he came under LVG. But what has been good about Martial this year, if you look at it now, like he's, I think he's got nearly his best goal return. Nearly. Yes. I think he was 16 yeah. goals in his first season. But um, he's, he's, he's there or thereabouts with, with adapting to a new system, new manager, and being the focal point of the attack once again, which he probably hasn't been since 2016. Do you yeah. know what I mean? 15-16 uh, season. So. Yeah, so before we move on, guys, so finally, how would you rate Mourinho's time in charge of Man United? Uh, I'd give it a five. Uh, possibly, I think maybe a six because of the trophies. When you you can't take away trophies from him, um, and I think it was the Carling Cup we won, along yeah. with the Europa League. Can't take that away from anyone. Uh, even though they're not the best trophies you could win in the season, uh, still a success, especially in his first year. Um, but I, you can't overlook the regression of Rashford. I believe the regression of uh, Martial. The Eric Bailly, what happened to him? He's been injured, uh, injury, though. just yeah. injury, bro. Injury. Uh, he's injury, went by, yeah. he's went by, he's fit, and he's played a consistent amount of games. That guy is a really, really good centre back. Yeah, but generally speaking, I think throughout his career, he's not really played many professional games, matches, yeah. um, and I think that's been a big cost to him in terms of development and learning how to learning your trade as a centre back because he can tackle, he can uh, he can read play. He's got good, he's got great athleticism, and he's quite good on the ball as well. Um, but he's just not played enough. Um, who else regret? I don't. Pogba. I don't think Pogba 
pushed on to be the player he was. So I wouldn't say he regressed. He just sort of Pogba's Pogba. Just stagnated. Yeah. Stagnated. Massively. The only um, man he improved, I'll say, is Fellaini, bro, and Matic. <laughs> these, man, <laughs> these man were his little love childs, bro. These man were his, his, were his players, bro. Big six foot five man that 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 he, he was just trying to build a, a flipping team of trees, bro. Like this is even this is even this Lukaku, him. Lukaku, Lukaku look a show of him. Look a show of himself. Exactly, hundred percent. To the point where, like, as fans, don't get me wrong, it, it got a bit toxic for him as well because it was it was well known that he wanted to leave early doors, but he was just looking not confident. You know what I'm saying? Like just playing dead, um, and just collectively, we just played dead football. Do you know what I'm saying, guys? Like, like he said, oh, we just played shit football, and that—that's the be on end of it. I'm not saying we we play blistering, sparkling football now because we're still way off where we want to be. Um, but obviously, we'll get to the now. But I just think it was it was boring, passive football, and I think Mourinho's been um, a victim of a manager whose methods and techniques are just outdated. He got outdone by the likes of Pep and Klopp, and even you know, Nuno at, at Wolves and all these types of new style managers. These old school managers are getting outdone by these men because football's moved on and de- them, them methods there are not, are not working. And we started to see, yes, he's missing a lot of players at Spurs, but we saw the frailties in there. What you associate with a Mourinho team is solid at the back and work yeah, from there. I'm not seeing, not even seeing that at Spurs. Yeah, yeah, they had a lot of injuries, but even defensively, they just leaked loads of goals. That's not what Mourinho does. Yeah. So, yeah. so fast forward, you know, Mourinho was sent packing after that game against Liverpool, the 3-1 when Shakiri came off the bench and, you know, delighted Liverpool. Rast us up, mate. <laughs> yeah. I, I can tell Dez is really enjoying this. Dez is really enjoying it. Go on, Dez. Yeah, coffee. the fact. Let him have his time. Still waiting to win the league, so let him have his time. Yeah, so obviously there was rumours about who was going to replace Mourinho. And Oli seemed a bit like um, a left-field choice. Obviously, I didn't manage that at top level. But Oli was appointed. What was your first reaction? Was it like, hmm, safe pair of hands, old man United legend? Or were you thinking, hmm, there's someone else in the market that we should have gone for? Um, I think if you go off what United did prior, uh, I think when we sacked him away, we brought in gigs as a temporary. That's how I expected Oli to be. Uh, when Oli first came in, I expected it to be quite temporary short term until we then go and find whoever we wanted to go and find, whether it would have been, um, I don't know, try to get a potch or more of a high-profile name. Um, so when obviously Oli came in, it was a bit of a surprise, but then obviously the rumours were running right for, for a day or two or maybe a bit more that he was going to come in. Um, and initially, he, he, you know, the football was quite entertaining, to be fair, you know. It kind of uh, got everyone a bit excited. We, I think we played Cardiff. Um, and we played really, really well. Martial was linking with Pogba and Rashford, and it was one Lingard, touch, two yeah. touch. Lingard, Lingard looks good initially. To be mm-hmm. fair to him, I know he's, he's kind of had a dip in form for the last year or year and a half. But prior to that, the interplay and the one touch, that game especially, sticks in my mind. I remember watching it. I was just like, Martial looks on fire, Pogba on fire. Really excited for it. But generally speaking, um, I didn't ex- expect uh, Oli to last as a long-term appointment um, up until, obviously, that, that night in Paris. I think just as a, as a neutral fan, I'm, you know, I'm trying to be a bit subjective, but that run towards the back end of the season, I think it was around nine wins in a row or so. But when I was analysing the games, they looked much closer than the actual result. And it seemed to me that Man United were extremely clinical. And from the outside looking in, I saw that after a while, the results are going to plateau and there's going to be a decline in results, as we saw. Did you guys think that at the time? Flex. Uh, um, I, um, you know what? Towards the back end of the season, it was horrendous. It was, the, it, was, it was to the middle of the season where it was good. And then after March, after PSG, bam, it just went from March to May. It was horrendous. Mm. It was, it was horrendous. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I remember coming back from PSG... <laughs> I remember coming back from PSG thinking, <laughs> obviously it was that PSG again. I'm, I'm, again, I'm not going to lie to you. I thought... Oh, Isn't it the God, Tottenham like, game as well? The Tottenham... <laughs> yeah, and the, the, the Tottenham game it. as well. I thought, what's happened? Like, he's the guy. Like, <laughs> 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 I was like, what, what, look, what, look what's going on. Like, we're just winning games. But again, this is what I was saying to you guys earlier that I've learned to do, probably from being stung, look at things contextually because... 
Whereas all the rival fans and other pundits and people who didn't really rate Man United anyway were saying, of course he's going to go in there. He's gone in there with a smile, made everyone feel comfortable again <laughs> and got a bounce back. That's what it was. <laughs> That's what it was at that time. At that time, do you know what I'm saying? Things were so low under Jose. I think the mm. only way was up. The only way Pogba was going to play was good after that Elia had left. The only way Rashford was, Rashford was going to play well again was, again, it's just a new freshness about it. And the nostalgia behind Solskjaer, it worked for that time, for that period. But I think you're right there. It plateaued and it plateaued in a big, a big way. Um, and then I think also the way Oli wanted them to play in them first, uh, what, 17 games or whatever it was uh, when we went on that run, right up until PSG. Um, the way that Oli wanted them to play, which was quite energetic, it was very, very front foot. They were running a lot more. They were pressing a lot more. I mean, these men gassed out as well. They just, they just couldn't keep it. And oh, when yeah. the bad results started to kick in, um, they just couldn't pull themselves out of that rut. I remember, I remember the last two games of that season. I'll never forget it. It was Huddersfield away and Cardiff at home. Oh, and shocking. at this time now, everyone's bottling the, the fourth place. Arsenal had lost at home to Crystal Palace, I think, and Burnley or something like that. Brighton or someone. And oh, yeah, Brighton. yeah, they'd done them over. Chelsea were dropping points. Spurs were dropping points. Everyone was just bottling it, yeah? And all we had to do after having loads of chances already and bottling it, all we had to do was beat Huddersfield and beat Cardiff. And we would have got top four. And I remember being 1-0 up against Huddersfield, draw. And I remember thinking, well, obviously it's pretty much done. And then we got slapped 2-0 at home against flipping man like Neil at, um, at Cardiff. You know what I'm saying? So... It was, it was a terrible end to the season. And, and, and then we got kicked up at, at, at Everton. Bad. 4-0. Oh, 4-0. Um, so so when, you look at, when you look at Oli coming in, was his tactics simply go out there and express themselves? Or did you see a much more tactical methodology behind it? It's a tough one, you know. It is a tough one. Because it's, it's those are the... I can't... Like, we've... It's easy to say because with Pep, you you know what you're going to get. So you, when you see it, you know what you're talking about. Uh, we have no previous understanding of what Nolly Oli was about, really. What I can, what we saw initially was a lot more of, of um, interplay between between the the front four, front three. Uh, we defo- definitely saw a more high tempo, high energy game. Um, <sighs> And I'd like to think and say those were tactics that he... Because he's spoken about it as well. He generally did say when he came in, I want us to play a high tempo. I want us to attack. Play with more freedom. Quicker, all of that. Play with freedom and, and pass mm. the ball forward as quickly as possible. So I'm going to give him the benefit of that to say, yes, those were things that he wanted to implement and things that he did implement. But what I did notice, there were times where he kind of went back on himself. 100%. And would say we want to play a certain way, but we didn't play that way. And it was... Or the, the lineups didn't necessarily match up to what he said we wanted to do. And I think we saw that in the back end of the season where um, where he came in as caretaker, where the results started to dip slightly and our performances weren't as replicative of what he had initially said he wanted us to do. Um, but yeah, given the, he can't take away from what he did initially and I have to give him credit for that. So do, do you know that, what? Yeah. I, I, I'm, I, I'd say like, because of his lack of being able to sustain that after a real bad period, in that period, I lean more towards it was like a, just a bit of a breath of fresh air and the players just kind of thought, thank God the shackles are off. I have to, I have to think that now because only because, and that's not maybe where we are now because I think he's building something and we'll get to where we think he's going to get to and all that. But in terms of, do I think that was a tactical genius when he came in or do I think it was a breath of fresh air? I lean a little bit more to the side of breath of fresh air, new surroundings, and the smiles on faces because what, it wasn't sustainable. It was it was through a, it was through a, a three month period. It's a purple patch. So that's like saying if a striker's in good form, yeah, and he hits like I don't know fifteen goals in three months or, or whatever, and then the whole rest of the season and and the rest of the career after that he don't bang, and the, he's not going to be remembered as a wicked striker. He's going to be always remembered as a guy who had that patch. You know what I'm saying? You could say that's not what Jason Lingard did. Like for like he had that little period where he was doing really well and it's gone a bit south now. But I think at that time he definitely did say I want him to play with more freedom and stuff like that, which I think they did do. I don't I don't disbelieve that he's gone in there and said, Guys, express yourself, interchange, you know, run after the ball like mad when we lose it. You know, it's, I think that is quite easy to do when you come in 
at, into Man United at that point. At that point, because it was so low, the bar was on the floor. It was it was a horrible and place I, to be. I think also you have to give. I think sometimes we take away credit from footballers to think that they can't think for themselves. At the end of the day, they're the ones that are on the pitch. So when Martial, Pogba, Rashford are linking up and and, and they're playing really well together. If they were playing football in a park, they would do the same thing. That's what they would be doing. They'll be playing training. That's what they would be doing. They'll be they'll be playing like that because that's how they want to play football. Mm. I think sometimes we get so lost in sort of tactics because if that's the, what the game's kind massively of proper. And you forget that fo- footballers can just be individuals and think for themselves and play for themselves as well. Well, shouldn't uh, Oli get credit for that as well for letting the shackles off and saying hundred percent, hundred percent. But that's the that's the bit I'm talking about about going into that dressing room and, and seeing. We could all see that. Like, you know what I'm saying? If, if any of us went into that dressing room, we would have said the same thing. Like, I can see Martial's playing within himself. I can see Pogba's pissed off. He's not even playing. I can see that Rashford's been pulled from pillar to post. So I'm going to go in there, put my arm around Martial and say, right, you're my striker. Don't worry, I believe in you. Or, or sorry, mm. Lukaku at the time. I'm going to go in there and say, Rashford, come on. You're young. You, you come through this youth, Frank. I've played at this club 20. I know what it takes. I know how hard it is. Let's go. I believe in you. You're going you're gonna to do that. We, every one of us would do that. Do you see what I'm saying? So, and, and, and the, the bit on the individuals is so key because there was a period in Jose's tenure where the individuals, as individual players, in individual oh, moments, saved him his job, kept him going, kept him going. And there's yeah. been a little bit like that with Oli. When, when Pogba's done a madness and that, I don't think it's team tactics and all that. It's just Pogba doing a madness. Or it's just Martial brocking a man and fit. Do you know what I'm saying? Moments of isolate, isolated periods which look great, but they're not sustainable over 38 games. You need a system, you need a pattern of play that's going to put the opposition under constant pressure. So they, yeah, so they gonna, cave there's, in. There's, de- there's definitely going to be games where you can't rely on those individual moments. 100%. And then you're going to need the, the coach, the manager, the 100%. first team coaches, whoever's involved with that. To, to, to come up with something that will win the game, especially, I guess, exactly. in the bigger games. It, exactly. So, and I saw that even at the back of Jose's tenure as well. So, obviously, moving forward to the summer, um, to me, it seemed like the club, you know, had to re, you know, re-look at their strategy. I mean, Ed Woodward, you know, Matt Judge, they've been heavily criticised by, you know, m- millions of fans across the world. And it, and it seemed like the you know, the strategy was we're going to buy British players that are hungry for the club, that know what Man United mean, and we're going to get rid of all the players that don't encompass the club's philosophies. Obviously, we saw the departure of Romelu Lukaku for big money. Um, We saw Alexis Sanchez leave that summer. What do you think of the club's new strategy, bringing in, you know, Aaron Bissaka, Daniel James and and Harry Maguire for a world record fee as a centre-back? Uh, <laughs> right, the interesting thing is Harry Maguire is a good defender yeah he is uh, and he's got good qualities uh, it seems to me from what we've been told by the media he has good qualities as a as a captain and as a man in the dressing room we definitely overpaid for him no doubt like really massively overpaid for him but I would still say he's a good addition generally speaking 100% um, uh, well, I remember Saka uh, the interesting thing about that is he, as we know, is a great defender in terms of what he does. Um, and we know he's guess frailties in terms of going forward, but he's been working on, which I think Kieran McKenna, I believe, has been working on with him yeah. as well. I believe it is him. Um, and I've been working on, oh, is it Carrick? He's one of the two. Carrick or McKenna, I've been working with Basaka about his, his uh, play on the ball. I think it's a good signing, but it will be a better signing once we get someone in front of him who will take 100%. that load off him whether that's a Jaden Sancho, which everyone's been sort of wanting and talking about, or if it's someone else, we need to get someone on that right-hand side because we've been playing Lingard there, we've been playing Mason Greenwood, we've been playing Mata. We need a right winger who will play on that right side, which will then complement what Wambasaka brings. So I'd say Wambasaka, brilliant signing. Um, because at the end of the day, his job is to defend, and obviously I know the game's changed. Football's now uh, a multifaceted game where you need to be able to do both sides. But what he excels at, you can't buy. That's tough to find. And so that is a great sign. And Daniel James, uh, Oli's come out and said he shouldn't have played as many games as he has. So the criticism he gets is harsh to an extent. Um, I do feel like the media overplay how good he's been for us. And how good he could be. 
but I do feel as though the fan base that are on socials and stuff are a tad harsh in him as well. So he could be a good squad member, especially in games where it's stretched. You need pace. You need want someone to stretch the game for the last 20, 25 minutes to really cause them problems on the counter-attack. He could be... And in games where maybe, you know, we're sitting back and we're playing in the low block and we want to let him break, he could be really, really good for us. So in moments, James could be really good for us, as he's shown. But as an overall signing, not impressive. So when you overlook the whole strategy, um, that needs to be supplemented by really good footballers um, who are either coming through the youth, who are either purchased from abroad or other clubs in the Prem. But we need to supplement those British signings. We can't just go gung-ho and think, yeah, let's just go core British. That's all that's important. It is important, but we also need to make sure that um, we can keep the likes of Pogba, ideally, if he's happy to be here. We can keep a Martial if he can take his game to where he needs to take it. We can get an Eric Bailly fit, who at his best, is a really, really good centre-back. Um, we need those type of players as well as we need that British core. They they definitely um, go together. Yeah, I, I echoed like almost everything you just said there, guys, because the, I think what what it was was not just a criticism from fans around the world. It was actually a realisation of the club that we're going in the wrong direction here. We have been for years. They've they've screwed up with recruitment. That you got to say that the, um, the, the criticism was right. We're buying players that are the wrong end of... of of 25 um super super money um not not performing um and it just and we wasn't really buying players for longevity it was it just wasn't happening you look at the the culture shift in signings and yes there's a bit of like a core british thing there but then you bring in like a bruno fernandez where you're saying you need like foreigners in and around that who, who demanded at levels 100 percent agree and then you know you, you, where you talk about giving credit and stuff yeah i said about ollie maybe not being tactically at it early on. It might have been just like a kick and hope sort of thing and it turned out all right for a bit then went to shit. But what, what you can't take away from him is his signings. You know, it's five out of five, if you think about it. And, and the players that he's let go of as well. I think 100%, uh, the right players. Yeah, so do you, think Lukaku, do you think Lukaku should have left? Because for me, he was a striker that banged in goals. We've seen what he's going to do at Inter Milan. Surely in this Man United team, when you look at what you're missing, that link man, that target man, surely mm. there was a place for him. You know, it, it, you know what so. it is? Yeah, I, I agree with Gaz straight away again now nah, because at the end of the day, yeah, he, he didn't want to be here. After a certain time, he, he decided like, if you're going to put Martial up there instead of me, you'll play Rashford sometime and... You, we know what Lukaku's ego is like because he scores goals wherever he's gone. So he's like, I'm, wherever I go, I need to be number one because I will score goals. I get it. But also, you have to play to that player's strengths. Like, if you're not if you're not getting in cross after cross um, into the box for Lukaku or getting him not playing with his back to goal as much, um, then you're not going to get the best out of him. And and you've got to respect the manager in that sense. If he's if he if he thinks I'm not going to go down that route. Um, then, then fair enough. I, I, I back, I back the idea. If, if, if you're gonna, our, our biggest thing wasn't getting rid of Lukaku. The biggest thing was not replacing him. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So mm. I, I don't, I don't mind having a new idea because we spoke right at the start, even with Jose crying out saying about molding his team and stuff like that. Mm. All right, fine. If a manager comes in, we've all been around football and stuff. If you want to come in and implement your ideas, that's fine. Mm. But you need to be given the tools and the backing to do it. And the fact that he didn't replace him for whatever reason, whether the board just couldn't get one over the line or whether he thought, now nah, I'll be all right with just Martial. Because really, he gave Martial his nine shirt back and said, you're going to be my number nine. So he made his choice. Um, and Martial has done well since then. I, I, I think, think they're probably... The, go on, sorry. No, sorry. Also, it's an interesting one because we are very, very... Until Gala came in, which is not necessarily the most ideal signing, but he's done quite well as a mm, squad player. Yeah. Until that had come in, we were really, really short on that sort of front three, front four position. Uh, we were really, really struggling. So I, I agree that reflects that. Let go of Lukaku, fine. Can't just rely on Martial as your only nine. Mm, um, yeah. Because what you do, if Martial gets injured, you don't have to put Rashford up front. Up front which which is what take, happened. Which <laughs> takes away from our left wing, where we have now yeah. have to maybe play Daniel James on the left and then maybe Matt or Lingard on the right, which isn't what you want. So we've kind of it's in it, the team was very much in balance in that forward position up until maybe we brought Bruno in who solidified the midfield a bit. Um, but in terms of I'm kind of going off, sorry. In terms of that front position, we definitely had to bring someone else in. Yeah. Um, and Lukaku with Lukaku, again, I don't think he necessarily fitted into what Oli wanted to play in terms of the way he spoke about playing quick transitional football, the in, the the one touch football, the trying to get, 
Lukaku really struggled to link play for us. Like the ball would break down with him constantly. I don't PSG yeah, had a, the jokes he, about the baggy touch playing in Levi jeans, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Um, all of the yeah, yeah, and he and it, it was comes true. from a real place, bro. It comes from evidence. <laughs> it wasn't agenda. It wasn't an agenda yeah. thing. <laughs> no, it's it was not an agenda. The play, he's so right, guys. The play when you watch it, especially live as well, yeah. And he, I used to say this thing that he used to do, yeah. It pissed me off, yeah. You see the New York traffic man then in Times Square, just pointing and waving and that, yeah. That's what he used to do, bro. He used to ask for the ball in some stupid ass positions. Almost like Pogba would sometimes go, don't even trust man's going to look after. I'm just going to go inside. 100%. I'm being serious. I'm being serious. I see it week in, week out. And like he's just putting his arm up or like not making a movement, but just saying, here, here, here. And I'm just like, nah. Like there was a one time, you know what time was the maddest time? Yeah. When he, he tripped over the ball at Southampton, mash up his knee. Remember that? Remember yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he tried, he, tried, he tried to step over some bullshit. Man, yeah. yeah. Come on, bro. Like, you think Martial's ever doing that? <laughs> okay. And he, and he looked extremely yeah, heavy. Just this, to end yes, on that. Yes. Okay, yeah, so, so moving on, I've been, you know, heavily critical of, of Oli's management saying that he's inept. Um, and sometimes my analysis may come across as lazy, but one thing I have deciphered is that one thing that you have to give Oli credit for is he's very good at getting the best out of attacking players. So in terms of, you know, the the development of Martial, the development of Rashford, McTominay's become a key figure in the midfield. We've seen Bruno mm-hmm. Fernandes come in and hit the ground running. He looks like the best thing since sliced bread. From a tactical standpoint, what does Oli do to get the best out of, out of these players? Uh, you know, go on, yeah, go on, guys. Go on, no, Flex, you go first. Yeah, I went on the last one. Go on. You, you know what? Yeah, I don't. I, I'm not. I'm still. My jury is still out. My jury is still out in terms of how tactically astute he is. I've still seen him be undone. Having said that, I think in terms of being able to raise individual players' confidence has contributed to him being bailed out of a lot. And that's not me taking away from what Solskjaer's done because he's had some amazing results this year and some horrendous ones. And really, there's two ways of looking at this coin, in it, yeah? You can look at it like, until Bruno Fernandes come in, we were shit. Because it was our worst start in 30 years. Yeah, but Flex, um, I'm going to pause you there. Could, couldn't Oli say, look, I'm justified. I don't have the quality to be good. But once I get the quality, you see the turn of form straight away. 100%. And, and, but this, this is why I'm saying you can't knock him for the signings that he's brought in and where he's got us in the league. That's why I'm saying there's two sides to the coin. There's that side where the fans can go, well, we just got lucky because we weren't even going to get Fernandes in January because if McTominay and Pogba didn't get injured, we wouldn't even have bought him anyway. But then you could say, but if those two were fit the whole time, we might have been all right. It swings around about. But I feel like the jury's still out on him tactically. I still feel like he's, he's learning at this level as well, mm, at this level mm. of management. Cardiff and Mulder is not Man United, in it? He's and I feel like... Sure. He's still finding his feet, which has been a big part of um, our inconsistency. Do you know what I'm saying? So I more lean on the side of, you know what? I don't know if Solskjaer's ever going to win us a Champions League, a Premier League within the next three years or so. My, my gut feeling is probably not. But I do feel that he's the perfect guy to pass the baton on and leave us in a much better shape, in a much better rebuild. This is the best part of a rebuild I've seen since Sir Alex has left. In terms of the players that we've built in, that we've bought in and integrated yeah. into the squad, the players that we're now linked with. Because, my God, if Sancho comes into this team, yeah, and I know it's if, buts, and maybes, and you know how Madness. it's going to drag on through the summer. If you, you can't tell me a front three of Martial, Rashford, and Sancho with Fernandez and Pogba just behind that, and whichever mm. defensive midfielder you want to put in there, it's not frightening. I don't care what anyone says, but whoever's the manager, it's as good as anyone's midfield and front three. It is. Then you look at the back four, and yeah, until this break come with the coronavirus, the last 11 games, we only conceded like nine goals or something like that. Scored like 28. Do you know what I mean? We, we were playing well. Harry Maguire's come in and solidified himself. wan has been brilliant defensively. Luke Shaw's upped his game with the emergence of Brandon, Brandon Williams. That, that basically gave him the kick up the arse. You've got the emergence of Brandon Williams. Okay, Lindelof, a little bit shaky sometimes. People are always saying we need maybe a, a better suitor to Harry Maguire, but he's been Okay. Um, but he's been okay when he come in. We might go in for another centre-half. And all of a sudden, Pogba coming back injured into this Man United team. Fred's been playing very well. Um, 
it's like a different complexion. And you have to give Solskjaer credit for that because he's built that complexion, however it might finish. So I think the tools there and the rebuild has looked as good as it's ever done. And for me, the, the question I've been asking in the United Stand to a lot of fans is, should it be based, should Solskjaer go if we don't get top four? Like, should, should his success this season be judged purely on that? You know, Pochettino waiting in the wings. A lot of people have decided they want Pochettino from a long time ago and all of this. Make the change right now. Be ruthless. We've got good players. Give it to a better manager. And I just think, if he gets even just short of top four, I'm willing to give it another year. I am. I am. Just to see where we go from here, especially the summer transfer window. If you get a Sancho in, we're going to improve as a squad regardless. And I, I'm just willing to see where it goes. I think he's earned that to see where it goes. Yeah, Flex, like, you spent a lot of time, you know, in the Man United camp. We've seen the pictures away with Lingard and Agarlo. So when you speak to the players, because you're in close contact with them, how are they feeling under social? Do they think, you know what, this is a guy that we can stick out with that can lead us to potentially challenging for, for titles? Um, I, think, I, I think so. I think they're, they're just a lot happier now. Like, you know, like, like, if you just strip it back to basics and forget their million-pound footballers, yeah? When we all go into our place of work, whether it's an office, whether it's the supermarket, whether it's wherever, yeah? You want to be happy. As soon as you step through the door, you want a good working environment. You want a manager that's got your back, a manager that's, that, that can understand your difficulties, a manager that can understand your strengths, a manager that wants the best for you, progress to get promotions. You want a good, do you know what I mean, co- cohesive group working environment. And Solskjaer's definitely brought that. The players look happier. I've, I've, I've not... And, and also, the fans like the team again. Mm. Do you get that? Like, I, as a Man United fan, I've not really looked at it for a while and thought, I like these men. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. I like Wan-Bissaka. Mm. I like Fred. I like... I've always liked Martial and Rashford. I've always loved Pogba, but I love Bruno already. I like what Maguire's doing. I like Luke Shaw. Do you know what I'm saying? So, I think... That's been built. That's not by accident. That You have to give credit to the coaching staff and they've created that. Whether that transpires, like I said, into top honours, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe not. But I think they deserve the chance to see that. And when I've been around players, away from just meeting them and seeing that they're happier, what I've picked up is the training sessions. Like When I've gone to like closed training sessions and stuff or, or even like open ones, like I've seen like the players. Like When I was on tour and we went to Singapore and China and all these places, yeah, the cohesive unit like amongst the players like it was different to when I saw it under Jose it really was and then when I like I spoke to a lot of journalists who are even more in there than me more seasoned journalists who interview Oli a lot and interview the players more in depth they've said that like the biggest thing they can notice is the difference in the energy the camp around the place everyone's just a lot happier and sometimes that's the best place to start it's not what's gonna only get you trophies but Klopp has built that plus more do you know what I'm saying a happy but you don't, I don't think you get the rest of it until that basis is there. And I think also has given us that. Guys, this is one for you. Um, obviously, in, you know, Flex just mentioned, you know, Fred as, as one of the players that, you know, that's improved. Um, for you, in terms of tactically, what has, what has he improved? Because I remember watching him last season and he almost looked like a rabbit in headlights, to be quite honest. Mm-hmm. What has he done to, you know, improve? And now a lot of fans are saying that he should be the Man United player of the season. Um, I always think you need to give players some time and grace to adjust to... Uh, it's like moving jobs. If you move jobs, sometimes you might hit the ground running because it's easy for you. And sometimes you might need time to acclimatise to your new working environment. I think the same applies to Fred. He's moved countries... Um, so it's a new league to play in as well. At first, he looked very much unaware of where he needed to be on the pitch, what he needed to do. But when the ball came to him, he was quite fidgety. And and he still is like that now to a very small degree, but he's a lot more composed on the ball. I've always thought he can pass the ball quite well, actually, to be fair to Fred. Even when he sort of struggled, you could see that he could break lines quite well. His left foot left foot so it already, it already gives him a different dynamic to his game to any other footballer because as you know as Dej knows left footers yeah they bring a different dynamic to the game to, to what right footers will just because it's about the balance they bring um, his high energy um, I just think he needed time to acclimatise I wouldn't say he's done anything massively tactically to improve I just think he needed time to adjust to what it was what the league was um, but definitely now we can see what he brings to the team. He's not Pogba. 
He's not going to uh, step over the ball four times and then beat his man. But what he can bring to you is high energy on and off the ball in terms of ball carrying, in terms of uh, tracking back and pressing. He can pass the ball really well. Um, and I just think he's improving that aspect of his confidence is now there. He just needed a bit of time. Um, and I think that's all footballers, you, especially when you, as, as I said, move leagues or move clubs. Um, he just needed that brief period to get that bad run out of out of his system, if you like. And I think what I'm now seeing is is is, is that whoever he's player of the year, oh, oh, I think Rashford would have, might have got that up until he got injured. To be fair to Marcus, um, but yeah, in in terms of Fred, he's done really really well. Um, but again, I want to see this next year before I really give him any accolades. I don't want to give him because we see it. Players have a good yeah. season in the next year. As much as me, a player might start the season bad and then the next year he's good. You might have a good year the next year, but you're not looking, you're not seeing what you saw the year before. So I would really like to see what he's like next year, especially if we do bring in some more reinforcements um, in the summer. But yeah, well done to Fred. Yeah, I just want to, you know, talk about Man United's two January signings briefly. Obviously, Odio Nogalo coming from China. Initially, when we saw this, we were thinking, wow, what poor planning. How can Man United be going for someone in China who's 30? And also Bruno Fernandes. This has been like a long-running saga to get him out of sport in Lisbon. So, Flex, you've been up close and personal with the action. What do you think Bruno Fernandes has brought to the camp? Not just his ability, but when you hear the press, you hear people talk about the winning mindset. How would you say this has influenced these teammates around him? Exactly that. It's infectious what he's done. Like, people say, yes, the Portuguese league and all of this, but he's, he's captain at sport and you're not captain of a club that size in Portugal. Um, if you don't have a bit about you, do you know what I'm saying? A lot about you. Um, away from how good he actually is technically and his intensity and his his willingness to, to think forward at all times and make things happen, it's actually a lot is, is, is his personality and what he brings off the ball. I've, his first game, which was Wolves, Wolves at home, is a nil-nil ball fest, to be fair. And um, But what impressed me about him, where I sit as well, like on in the Silas Ferguson stand, right by the, by the halfway line near the front, he, he was in Daniel James's ear, like, in his ear. Coaching listen, him through the game. Listen, yeah. I'm telling you, man, this guy, you won't see it on TV, yeah? But when you see him, anytime there's a break in play or someone's down injured or something's happening, he's going to someone, covering his mouth, do this, come around here. You know when you can just tell a player is taking mm. control of situations? And also, when he's played a ball and played it quickly and the person wasn't there or whatever, he's going back to him and saying, listen, go, I will find you. Do you know what I'm saying? We so saw that against that, City as well. 100%, one of the goals, yeah. 100%. And you see what I'm saying? That connection, that, that, that was a perfect example. Him and that, that Martial goal, that's been worked on. And that, Martial doesn't make that run if he doesn't believe Bruno's going to do that. Mm-hmm. He doesn't. It's as simple as that. That's, that's what happens with working with players with this level of IQ and football intelligence. And Bruno has that as a package. In, in contrast to Fred, how you talk about it, a foreign player can come. We was, we was potentially waiting for him to to give him that time because he could have come and not not had that much a big of impact straight away. We're just very, very lucky that he's managed to, to have such an impact so quickly and we've needed him to do that because the biggest thing he's brought is creativity in that era. We've had Lingard playing in number 10. We've had Pereira playing in number 10, matter at times. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're seeing just bad decisions being made in them areas, Pereira Difference. especially. Um, he's got a lot of tech. You know what I mean? He looks, looks silky on the ball. But when it comes to decision making, horrendous. It really, really is. He really, yeah, it really has been bad. Lingard, um, I think there's a lot going on off the pitch with him, and he just looks a shadow of himself. Um, yeah, there was rumours about right his mum being ill or something like that. So that's right. He's bear that in mind. Yeah, hundred percent. And I spoke to some people who do know him very well, and they do say, look, when he's ready to really talk about these things, he will. Um, and Troy said that as well, and and, and a few other people I know who know him, and. You know, that's, that's fine, but you're always going to be judged on your footballing performances when you're playing, which, which is what, how it should be. Um, and he's been terrible. Um, so I think what he's done is he's come in and, and proven that, you know, assist straight away, goal straight away. He's just a different, different, different level. And I think with Bruno as well, he, he takes risks. And it, yeah, under football, so, yeah. there's no reward of that risk at times. Of course, tactics and, and, and you know, you want to be uh, as coherent tactically as possible. At the end of the day, what will win you games is by trying something that no one else on the pitch will do that's win it. that game. And I think that's what he's brought to the table. And and straight on it, he's on penalties, free kicks, everything because of the quality that he's got. Do you know what I'm saying? He, he's just mm. been bang on it. Corners, every set piece, 
he's on it. Um, final question because we've literally got five minutes left, but um, we just got um, a listener's question and it's from Tapping Tops and it says, With Pogba fit, what's the best possible midfield trio for United? Pogba and Bruno will have to start, so could Fred work well at the base or would that role go to McTominay very quickly? Um, it all depends on who we're facing, I believe. Uh, which is an easy get out for me to use, isn't it? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, it is. It is, but it's true though. <laughs> but it does depend on who we're facing. There might be games where Pogba and Bruno can't play both together. Um, but I think, generally speaking, for eighty percent of the games, I would like to see us go and buy a DM in the summer. Personally, not to say Matic hasn't done really well because you forgot about him. Yeah, because he's done well since he yeah, came in December. Well, yeah. December, January, he's done really well since then. But again, I know what he's like. We've seen it with Chelsea and United. He starts well and then fades him as the season goes on. And he's on the the, the plus side of 30. I'd like to see us bring in someone who can do both sides. Sort of like a Fabinho who can do Thomas Partey, defensive work. Madrid, maybe. That's been the talk. That's been the talk. Even uh, Sal Niguez is being mentioned as well. Yeah. yeah, I'd like to see us bring someone that can do both sides of the game in that sort of holding role, midfielder role. Um, but if we're going off what we've got now, I'd probably go. Oh, I'd probably go. This Mattis, is interesting. Are you going to go? It. Yeah, yeah, I'd probably yeah. Go yeah. Mattis, nah, Pogba, talk Bruno. up the ting. Yes, yeah. Talk up the ting. <laughs> talk up the ting. But you know what it is? Mattis has been like villain number one, and me as a fan as well. I've had to hold my hands up because he was poor before, but like he is a steady player, very experienced player. Keeps things very simple, and 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 more importantly, he gives balance and calmness in the midfield. Like, yeah, he can't move that quick and that, but he's so experienced. And McTominay, a lot of people think like he's a defensive midfielder. He's not. He's not a defensive midfielder. He's box to box. He actually makes a lot of attacking runs. Hence how he scored quite a few goals. He, he's, he's got a good third man run. You know what Lampard used to do, arrive yeah. late. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's, he does that very well. And that's how he's got a few of his goals that he's got this season. Um, so he's not the, the right guy for, for that. Fred is kind of very energetic and buzz about not as much disciplined in terms of just sit. Like, he can actually influence the, the midfield um, pace of it and, and dictate our play because what he does very well is, is he gets it and he can either travel quickly or pass quickly. Do you see what I'm saying? Um, whereas your traditional holding midfielder, if you've got two attacking midfielders like a Pogba and Bruno, um, you need that kind of calm head for the balance. Who They're literally their first think for is... Hold on a minute, we're on attack. Let me stay here. I'm a sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, uh, but people underestimate Pogba as a, as a deeper line player as well. Yeah, just finally from me, um, I wanted to ask both of you. Um, obviously, the next 12 to 18 months for Oli is going to be crucial and pivotal to seeing how his tenure is um, established. So, from both of you, what's the next free in tray task for Oli to solve at Manchester United? Briefly. Very, that's two minutes. <laughs> yeah, two minutes. All right, I'll, I'll go quickly. He needs to find um, a centre-back partnership that's going to be longevity and no question marks over it with the Lindelof situation, whether that means we get another one or not. But he needs to find a solution there. Have to sort out the right-hand side. Must, absolute must. That's priority number one. And, and I would say a defensive midfielder. It's been a pleasure, guys. Guys, go on. Quickly, um, I'll say the same right wing. I'll get in Sancho. Pay the dollars. Pay the dollars in Sancho. Give him aeroplanes. Give him jets. <laughs> give him mansions. Give him what he. Jokes aside, uh, get in a right winger. I'd say I don't believe we need a nine if we have a front three that's quite fluid. So would you keep Igalo? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. As a squad player, yeah, I'll keep it as a squad player. Squad player, right. definitely. We're going to leave him coming through as well. We're going to leave it there. It's been yeah, a real that was pleasure. Lovely. That was um, a wonderful insight. Thank you very much, guys. Thank Thanks you, guys. Us, man. We appreciate yeah, yeah. you coming onto the platform. Flex, a massive shout out, man. We love what you're doing. We appreciate love. you coming onto yeah, the platform. It's really dope. Well done, well done. Yeah, man. Really Thank appreciate you. it, man. Appreciate it. So, guys, that's another episode of the Beautiful Game Safe podcast. guys as well, man. Love. Thank up, you for having up, me, big man. Up, big up, big up. This um, is going to be aired on YouTube. Um follow our youtube which is the beautiful game podcast subscribe leave a thumbs up um we're also on apple um we're on spotify and we're on soundcloud give us a follow there we're also on twitter at podcast underscore tbg on our instagram is pod underscore tbg if you're listening on apple podcast leave a review 
And five star, five yeah. star, five star. <laughs> yeah, five stars. That's it. Over and out. Safe, boys. Love. Peace. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.